With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Three balls remaining. Cruiser on strike. There it is. They go for this. will be out, surely. Ah, it's out. It's going to be run out. Oh, that's it. South Africa out. Donald didn't run. I cannot believe it. Australia go into the World Cup final. Oh, who could forget that moment? Welcome to Dwayne's World. Julian Destoop sitting in for Dwayne as his European vacation continues as we build up to tonight's semi-final between Australia and South Africa. We have to go back to that famous night, Australian time, in 1999, the tied match that saw Australia go through, Lance Klusner and Alan Donald just completely stuffing it up in that final over with their own Damien Fleming bowling. So I just want to go back to that night. A couple of topics uh, spin out of this one. Uh, big show coming up. We're going to chat to uh, Dylan Stevens, uh, North Melbourne recruit from the Sydney Swans. We're going to preview the cricket tonight, uh, hopefully with Bryce McGain, who's a busy man today because he's down uh, commentating the Shield match, which is about to get underway uh, at the MCG featuring the Vicks with Adam White. They're going to be back tonight as well with Jared and uh, Damien Fleming to call uh, the semi-final tonight. And uh, Nicola Hammond's also going to join us uh, to chat some hockey one. But a couple of topics out of the 1999 World Cup semi-final. So I had my sliding doors moment that night. I remember I was 18, sitting at home, watched the Aussies, sort of limped to 213. South Africa got to none for 48, and they were cruising. Herschel Gibbs and Gary Kirsten were cruising. If Shane Warne wasn't coming on the bowl, I would have gone to bed. But you just thought, I'll give Shane a couple of overs. Let's see what happens. You never know. And then the great man, God love him, did this. Oh, beautiful bowl. That's a wonderful delivery from Shane Warne. Clipping the top of off stump. That's absolutely exactly what the Australians needed. And this is the perfect leg spinner. In drift, it pitches outside leg stump and hits the top of, top of off. We thought this wicket might turn. It's certainly turning. Ah! Well, two quick wickets for Australia, both to this man, Shane Warne. Straight to slip. He's got him. Great little catch. Beautifully bowled by Shane Warne. This game is coming alive. Came alive, all right. So bold Herschel Gibbs, bold Gary Kirsten, and then had the South African skipper at the time, Hansi Cronier, caught at slip. So just your memories of that night, 1999. Did you sit up and watch? Did you go to bed? And then the spin-off from that, or a couple of spin-offs from that, which sporting events have you regrettably missed because the ones that are overnight, overseas, because you went to bed and you woke up the next morning Checked the score and thought, oh, why didn't I hang in there? It might have been just over a week ago with Glenn Maxwell. I think most people uh, went to bed on that one. And then, of course, it's low-hanging fruit, but it is sports' greatest chokes. 
It's a great topic. South Africa, it was a choke. Let's be honest. That, that Kluzner went bang, bang in the, um, off that final over with Damien Fleming. Two fours. Just had one run to get. And for some reason, they tried it. The, the ball before could have been a run out. And then, of course, uh, all sorts of drama mix up. The ball rolled down the pitch. Gilly takes off the stumps. Australia go into the final and decimate Pakistan. So I've, I, I won't give away that. 1999, if you think back to 1999, there's two other memorable sporting chokes, one here and one internationally. I won't give them away yet. I've got the audio from them, but uh, I'm sure someone off the 40 Winks temper or someone uh, on the Werribee Kia open line, one three hundred seven three six seven three six, awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year, where the customer comes first, uh, the 40 Winks temper, 0433981116. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. And of course, it's midday madness. You know the deal. You call, you get on. It's for work locker, carom downs and packing them. Unlocked, stocked and full of value. Work where for wherever you work. Bulldogs fans, uh, we spoke on Tuesday after the review from the Western Bulldogs was announced on Monday night. But now you've heard from the president, Kylie Watson-Wheeler. We'll play some of that audio uh, later on in the show. Uh, we, what did you think of Kylie's performance with Jared today? Um, has it changed what you thought about this uh, review um, Happy to take your calls as well. Got some prizes to give away. Signet Boost Power Bank, $50 e-gift card, thanks to the House of Golf, and a $100 Peter Jackson voucher. The phones are lighting up in front of us as we speak. Let's get over to Perth, first of all. Lincoln Allen Territory and Ben. G'day, Ben. G'day, Jules. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good, good. Um, so 99, sitting in the lounge room late night. Warm weather over here. Doors were open in a block of apartments. Rifle dropped the catch. Yes. And the power went out. Oh, no. And we all screamed, and you could actually hear it through the apartments. Everyone was obviously watching the game. And then about five minutes later, and the power came back on, and so we were all cheering again. And then we saw the uh, end of the game, and so you could actually hear us all. No one was obviously sleeping because we were all making an awful lot of noise. And Paul Wright, I'll never forget that, dropped it and went for six, didn't it? It did. It was terrible. We couldn't believe it. Rifle of all people. See, you, you people in Perth, you're lucky sometimes because of the time difference, particularly this time of the year, three hours behind. You're watching English Premier League games at 8 o'clock at night. You, you're so lucky over on the uh, western side of the country with the time difference when it comes to uh, late-night sport. It is. It's um, good, those Premier League games. So you can actually get most of the second game as well so that normally starts around 10 30 so it's not too bad um it just depends on how much you've had to drink that night <laughs> that's true <laughs> uh drink responsibly of course thank you benny appreciate your call and for kicking it off on midday madness thanks to our great friends at the work locker carom downs and packing them get in there it's unlocked it's stocked it's full of value workwear for wherever you work uh jeff from manor lakes has jumped on he might have a sporting uh choke or stealing Defeat from the jaws of victory moment for us. G'day, Jeff. Yeah, St. George Illawarra and Anthony Mundine in the 99 grand final. All Mundine had to do was actually pass the ball um, and St. George Illawarra would have scored and that would have put a put the death knell in the storm. But he decided to go by himself and drop the ball over the line. And, you know, St. George was 14 nil up at half time and the rest is history. Storm won. Storm won with a penalty try, wasn't it, from memory? certainly was. Yeah, it was. What a game that was. See, that's another one from 99. I didn't have that on 
the the other two I've got are not that one. I did remember I did have that one at the back of my mind though because I my memory told me the storm came from quite a, a long way down against St George Illawarra. That's a great call, uh, Jeff. Uh, Fifty dollars e gift card coming your way, redeemable online or in store. Thanks to the House of Golf, the House of Golf, your one stop shop for all things golf. Let's get to uh, John from Morfittville over in South Australia. G'day, John. Hey mate, how are you? Um, yeah, I couldn't go past Essendon's choke in the 1999 AFL prelim final against the great Carlton side that were um, Essendon. It was just a matter of turning up and putting their spot for the grand final next week and the Blue Baggers um, have to sit there party on the day. Yeah, His kick is a puller, straight to Wallace. The mean bad man. Can he cover himself in glory? He's lost it and Murphy takes it away. That could be the turnover that cost them. Murphy goes towards the half forward line. Ratner's got it. He'll take his time and that could just about seal it. Murphy drops in the hole on the 50. He'll pick himself up very slowly. What about the tackle by Fraser Brown back here at half back? Just an incredible comeback. Dean, just kick it to the top of the square. You've got Matthew Lloyd at full forward. You've got Dustin Fletcher to give the handball to. What are you trying to take him on for? Oh, my goodness, John. You're bringing back some terrible memories. And to all the people on the 40 Wings temper, there you go. You got your wish because you're all reminding me about that one. And that certainly uh, was one of the moments I remember. So, John, I'm assuming you're a bagger. I am, and yeah, I remember the day well. Um, I thought uh, on the day Kuthafidis probably played one of the greatest individual oh. games in particular quarters in that last quarter. No I've ever seen. He was um, certainly different between winning and losing for Carlton on the day. Did it feel like a premiership? Most Carlton fans, they go, I don't give a stuff we lost the grand final the week after. Actually knocking Essendon out when they were the best team that year actually felt like winning a premiership. Oh, it did, because we didn't, we just, Essendon I mean, been the best side all year, and we all expected to North Melbourne grand final, and, um, you know, to get to the grand final was a bonus, really, because I, th- I thought, um, you know, North Melbourne were probably the, a better side than us also, so, um, yeah, winning the prelim was every bit as good as winning grand final in the scheme of things. Yeah, it was an amazing game, and uh, I think the Essendon's own fans probably mozzed it. The numpties that were lining up for grand final tickets on the morning of the prelim was not a good omen uh, for the rest of the day. And uh, for Victorians, you'll also remember what happened that day. Jeffrey lost the unlosable election to Steve Brax. So it was a it was a day of upsets and sporting chokes uh, in Victoria. Thank you, well, to a degree, John. Thank you for bringing. Uh, that one up. Let's get to uh, Brendan in Melton. G'day, Brendan. Hello, Jules. How you going? I'm good. I'm be- I'm okay. Bringing that back up right. doesn't make me feel great, but that's okay. Well, the Bees finished second last that year, so I'm not going to bag you for that one. I mate. would have rather um, it finished second last that year than having that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. What do you got I'm for us, mate? I'm going to bring up a team I thoroughly despise in the New England Patriots. They did it twice in four years. Mm-hmm. They run the ball against the Seahawks. And they, yes. Well, sorry, the Seahawks run the ball. They win that Super Bowl. And they come from 28-3 down against the Falcons and win that one as well. So, Yeah, that was yeah. A, that was an amazing game against uh, the Atlanta Falcons. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for your call, Brendan. Let's get to Mazza. Hello, Maz in Geelong. Well, the bloke took me Carlton one, but the other Essendon one was when you choked against Sydney. Uh, was that a choke? Well, when you got beat by a point, you know, um, 
for the grand final or qualifying final or yeah, whatever no, it was. Yeah, as a prelim, we were two goals up with four minutes to go. Does that con- uh, does that does that count as oh, a well, joke? It, it does when it's Essendon. <laughs> and I have plenty of Essendon family members that are Essendon, so you know. But the 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 interesting one about Carlton and Essendon was um from the bathroom you could hear Kevin Sheedy berating the players. Yeah. That, that yeah. after that game, I was I it was actually my birthday that week, and I was taken to the game as a gift, um and sat next to um a heap of. Foreign people chanting "Uta, Uta, Uta," <laughs> which meant "Kuda." Yes, nice. Uh, meant "Kuda," and then uh, after the game, we're in the toilet because we we sat where the coaches' box used to be in the Great Southern Stand, and Kevin Sheedy, you could hear him uh, in the toilets, and all the um, Essendon supporters, the men that were at the urinal, are going, "Bring on North Melbourne." Suck uh, Carlton. Oh, no. They said worse, but that's the that's the polite version. But yeah. um yeah, we you know, we did our grand final playing your mob, but yeah, anyhow. No da- no worries, Mars. Yeah, no doubt, I know, and I get it. If it was the other way around it'd feel like a premiership as well. Thanks for your call. Uh this has come through as well, just to throw it back the other way. Two days in a row we get to mention Carlton choking in the round last round last year. One of my happiest football memories. Interesting you say about Sheedy baking the players because 1996, after they lost that prelim by a point when Plugger kicked that uh, behind from just outside the 40-metre line there at the SCG, they reckon he gave the all-time great spray in the rooms. He actually said he later on went on to regret it because uh, there was Matthew Lloyd was in hospital with a, um, a kidney injury and there was other players injured, and uh, but he absolutely gave it to the players after that 1996 preliminary final. Uh, Paul and Tim, hang on, we'll get you on the other side of the break. Midday Madness, it's up and about for Worklock, Caram Downs and Packenham. Unlock stocked, full of value, workwear for wherever you work. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop with you. We're just reminiscing about the 1999 World Cup semi-final between Australia and South Africa. Of course, it is on tonight. You can hear it live here on SEN. Jared Waitley heading up our coverage. So we're just getting your memories. Did you stay up and watch it all night? Did you go to bed? Is there other events where you've gone to bed that you later regretted? And then that sort of led into the topic, of course, the great sporting chokes. 1999, the year of the sporting choke. So we've got Australia versus South Africa. Didn't take long for someone to mention Essendon v Carlton. 100% not a problem. There's actually three others. They haven't been mentioned yet. I won't give them away because Paul, Sam and Tim are on the line. But I do like this one in a non-sporting context. The biggest choke in 1999, this is from Chris, was the Y2K bug threatening all year and then choking on the big day and made a no-show. I remember that in 1999. Every system was going to crash because of this Y2K bug. Didn't turn up. Uh, let's get back to the open line for Werribee Kia, awarded National Kia Car Dealer of the Year, where the customer comes first. Hey, Paul. Hey, Julian. How are you going? I'm good. How are you? A, yeah, good, thanks. I've got a choke in 99 in golf. The uh, British Open golf at Carnoustie. Mm-hmm. Um, the French player, John 
John Vanderveld. Johnny Vanderveld. That is correct. Yep. Uh, Open the door for the local Paul Laurie, who won in a playoff. Just, uh, I've got the audio for this. I'll play it in a sec. But what are your memories, Paul? I believe he was two or three shots ahead on the last hole when he hit it in the, as they call it, the burn. That's right. The creek. The creek that goes across. And I think, I don't know if he hit it in twice, but he tried to hit it out of the water. And um, he just, in a word, choked. (laughs) That's right. So, uh, yeah. He's never lived down. He hasn't. Never went on to win another major. Never really got close again, uh, the Frenchman. So par four, the 18th. A double bogey six would have been enough. So does he lay up? Does he get the driver out? He decided to go with the driver. Now what to do? What to do? He's out with the driver now. Now I'm not sure this is right. A six will do. Uh-oh. 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 Oh, you lucky little rascal. Well, you do. <laughs> I don't believe this. Well. Hello, <laughs> what is going on here? I think, really, if anybody needs an advisor, he does. His golfing brain stopped about 10 minutes ago, I think. I don't believe it. This is. Oh, dear, this is really. This is uh, this is so 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 sad. So he ended up missing the playoff altogether between Justin Leonard and Paul Laurie, who went on to win the tournament. So tee shot you heard there. It was looked like it was heading for the rough. Got a good bounce, stayed on the fairway. Then second shot sprays it way right. Hits a bit of the wall, goes way back into the deep rough. Third shot straight into the burn. At one stage, he jumps in the water, threatens to hit it out of the water, decides not to, puts it into the bunker, all over. Game over. And you can see the picture of his wife looking on, just going, what is going on? So that's the second one I had. So that's the third choke in 1999, Australia v South Africa World Cup semi-final. The Bombers on prelim day and John Vanderveld at the British Open. Thanks for your call, Paul. Let's see what Tim and Brighton's got for us in terms of a sporting choke. G'day, Tim. G'day, Jules. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. I'm th- I'm going back uh, three years ear- earlier in 1996. Oh, don't do it, Tim. What, what is one of the greatest chokes of all time in sporting history when, when Greg Norman oh. the Masters went in with a six-shot lead in the final round and he loses after, in that final round, having... Uh, five, what was it, four four bogeys and five double bogeys to Nick Faldo, who got the green jacket. He lost by five shots in the end, Tim. He, shoot, he shoots 78 and Faldo shoots 67. That's right. And and the sad part about it, I mean, it was like watching a man drowning, he just oh. was throwing the line. And, 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 and he never won a major tournament in the United States. So no. it, was just, it was just heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. It just put it in the water on 12, and then he nearly chipped in on 15, which would have got him right back in the tournament. It just snuck past the hole. You remember he just slumped back. He threw the putter up, and, oh, my God, it was hard to watch. And you've got to remember, too, at Augusta in 86, Larry Myers chipped in. The impossible chip on the 11th on the playoff hole. Bob Tway held a bunker shot uh, at the PGA, I think it was, the year after. I mean, no one was more unlucky in majors than Greg Norman. And then when you thought, no, this is it, six shots up, he can't lose from here. He lost by five. 
It was so yeah, painful looking, to watch. Yeah, it was, it was incredibly painful. I mean, you just uh, it, it, anyone that had a had a heart would have felt for this guy. But look, you know, he, he still had an incredible career with the tournaments that he won. But just the fact that he didn't win in the States, and that was his moment. That was his golden moment. Yeah, it was. I remember getting up and watching it, and uh, I think the whole country was very, very sad watching that. Thank you, Tim. Uh, that was very strong uh, off the 40 Winks temper, so thank you for all of those that uh, threw that one up as well. Let's get to Sam in Thomastown, who's got a choke for us. G'day, Sam. Yeah, good afternoon, Gilling. I've got a few. One of them will cheer you up at the end, but uh, with the 1999 one, the one uh, uh, man you ran over the top of... Uh, Juventus in the Champions League. Bayern Munich, yes. Bayern Munich, yep, that's right. Two goals uh, in stoppage time. Can you remember who scored the goals? No, not really, no. Teddy Sheringham and the baby-faced assassin, Ola Gunnar Solskjaer, both from David Beckham Corners. Then there was was 2007, uh, Liverpool... 3-0 down at half-time over AC Milan. Yeah, 2005, yep. Harry Keel was the bench player. That's right, that's right. And also to cheer you up, the 1993 grand final, uh, preliminary final. Yes. Essendon v, Essendon v Adelaide. I was there at half-time. The Adelaide supporters were, were buying footy records and saying to the kid, giving them five bucks and keep the change. I said, years ago... Here's a bit of hold on here, boys, because they're going to run all over you. <laughs> yeah, 42 points down at half time. Good memories there, Sam. Appreciate it because uh, you tried to cheer me up. A Signet Boost Power Bank valued at forty four ninety five, coming your way. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered twenty four seven. Also, keen to hear from Bulldog supporters, those that listened to Kylie Watson Wheeler with Jared this morning. Uh, we'll play the audio a bit later if you haven't. Uh, J Dog just writes Kylie Watson Wheeler's interview with Jared clarified this is a systems and processes review. However, I'm still unclear on the scope. Is it just a review of the football department or the entire club, including administration? With the, ju- with the draft just around the corner, does it include list management structures, processes and systems? Bulldogs fans, uh, did you like what you heard from the president this morning or are you still a little bit unclear like J-Dog as to what the scope of this review is? I think as Jared sort of stated, it's sort of unintentionally probably amped up the pressure on Luke Beveridge, even though the intention of it is certainly right, and they're leaving no stone unturned to try and make sure 2024 is better than 2023. More of your calls, plenty of 40 Winks tempers on the other side of the newsroom with Amy Drew. A bit of a remix of uh, Jennifer Page, 1998, just a little crush. Uh, just got a couple of questions here off the 40 Winks uh, temper about the fixture. Excuse me. A-Rod, no second prizes. Um, when it will be released, uh, expecting the first 15 rounds around about 3.30 this afternoon, uh, as revealed by Sam Edmund this morning on Breakfast. I already got one non-Collingwood fan not happy with the draw here. Uh, 2024 AFL draw is rigged. The Pies are only playing teams that finish below them in 2023. It's not bad. That's quite clever. Let's get back to the open line. Now, Nick on the road's got a choke for us. G'day, Nick. Hey, mate. I think it was about circa 2003, Davis Cup. Leighton Hewitt might have rolled Roger Federer. Yes. He was, he was two steps down 
Um, and then he beat Federer, and I think that's the last time he ever beat him. Federer just, that's when he really took off, wasn't it? It was. Our young Roger, that was at Melbourne Park, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was on. on a, was it on a grass? Was it on a grass court on Melbourne Park? Maybe my memory. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, can't remember the no, two sets. Of, two sets to love up. He was. Yeah. Yeah. Just he was sort of just emerg, emerging on the scene, wasn't he, Rog? Uh, at that time. Yeah, he had a really, he had a really bad temper. Better had a really bad temper, and then uh, he he got on top of it, and then just. That was it. Isn't it hard? It's it's hard to believe. It's a good point you make there, Nick, because he turned into this ice cool, great sportsmanship. It, it is hard to think back that he actually had a bit of a problem with his temper early days. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, he, absolutely. Uh, Nick, great call. I love that one. $100 Peter Jackson voucher coming your way. Dress up, stand out, be seen in Peter Jackson this summer. The look is everything with suits from three hundred and ninety nine dollars. It's a great sport. Peter Jackson. It's a great sport for the chokes tennis. And the one that the first one that came through on the forty winks temper, and the one that always comes up is the late great Yana Novotna at Wimbledon against Steffi Graf. I think six four four one up she was, and she was in tears uh, afterwards at the trophy uh, presentation after losing that one. So I've got a heap of forty winks tempers. Uh, we'll read through. There's so many uh, sporting chokes that are uh, coming through. Um, just back on 99, Phil from Abbotsford. Jules, because the Blues lost the grand final, does anyone bar Essendon and Blues fans really care about that choke? As a neutral, I reckon the Tigers choke in the 2018 prelim was bigger, says Phil in Abbotsford. Uh, knocking Essendon out was great, but I still would have liked to beat North the next week, says another don't forget the 1995 second semi-final where Essendon led Richmond by 30 points at halftime. Yeah, don't forget that one, Glenn. Thank you very much. Um, what else have we got here? Uh, this, now, this is a bit different. So we talked about moments where you've you've gone to sleep and missed a sporting event. This is a little bit different. This is leaving early, and that's another topic in itself. And actually, soccer, any soccer fans out there, can you explain to me why anyone ever leaves a football slash soccer game when there's one goal the difference? You see people getting up in the 90th minute, it's 2-1, 1-0, 3-2. Why? Why? Wait another two, three minutes, there might be a goal. It happens all the time. So this one from Michael. I was at the Wacker when Gilly scored the second fastest ton ever back in the Ashes in 2006. Unfortunately, I left a tea as my wife and I were going to a ball that night. I listened to the carnage on the way home and it absolutely ruined my night. Cheers, Michael. Uh, stayed up and watched the entire World Cup semi-final in 99 and also what went and was also at the MCG to watch the Mighty Blues beat the Choking Bombers. That's from Brad in Fraser uh, Rise. Um, A-Rod must have sent this one in. Biggest choke in AFL history, Geelong 2008. I was outside the ground with my three-year-old son before the game and a Cats supporter said to me, gee, he will be in tears after the game. Go Hawks. Hawks are going to win. Uh, actually, thank you for correcting me on that. John Vanderveld made the three-way playoff, sunk an eight-foot putt to make it, and celebrated like he won. Side note, yes, good point too. He was playing with Australian Craig Parry that day. Uh, dogs choked in the 97 prelim against the Crows, 31 points up at halftime, 22 points up at three-quarter time to only lose by two points with countless goal-kicking opportunities, including the infamous Tony Liberatore non-goal and... Uh, the coach of the Swans is not listening. John Longmire, 1990. Needed four goals in the last round against Collingwood to kick 100. Kicked two goals eight. Big choke. 
so plenty coming through on the 40 Winks Temple. Let's get another break away. Still time to take your calls. It's midday madness for the work locker. Carry them down and pack them. Unlock stocked and full of value workwear for wherever you work. Uh, coming up after 1 o'clock, new North Melbourne recruit Dylan Stevens, who's hit the track running, flying, and uh, doing everything right uh, in his first few days as a kangaroo. Bryce McGain will preview the cricket, and we'll talk a bit of hockey one uh, with Nicola Hammond as well. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop with you. We're building up to tonight's World Cup semi-final between Australia and South Africa. If you missed it overnight, India through to the final with a big, big win over New Zealand thanks to another century from Virat Kohli. He's 50th in one-day international cricket. So we're going back to 1999, Australia v South Africa, the tied game that South Africa butchered in that final over. So just getting your memories. Were you, did you stay awake? Did you go to bed? Did you see it through? And, of course, it's morphed into the topic of great sporting chokes. 99, we've gone through 99, an amazing year for sporting chokes. Essendon-Carlton preliminary final. Bayern Munich in the Champions League final against Manchester United. Jean van der Velde in the British Open golf uh, with a three-shot lead going into the final hole and the NRL grand final that year when St. George Illawarra led the Melbourne Storm comfortably at halftime only to lose. Then you got the Victorian election where Jeff Kennett was rolled by Steve Brax. Mark from the Limestone Coast has got a nomination for us. Okay, Mark. G'day, mate. I've got a couple for you. Uh, we're going back quite a way now. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a surfer named Mark Richards? I do. Uh, four or five-time world champion. In 1979, there was another surfer named Shane Horan, also a brilliant Australian surfer, okay, runner-up yep. multiple times. In uh, the World Cup at Holly Ever in Hawaii, all Shane had to do was beat his old rival Peter Townend. He absolutely choked and never went on to win a world final. How did, uh, how a, did, a world he, how did he choke? Just didn't perform? He, he just sat out the back waiting for a big wave that never came while Peter Townend who was also a world champion, milked the inside lineup at Holly Eva. Um, it was probably about six to eight foot decent okay. surf. All he had to do was beat Peter Townend, and he was world champion. Mm. He ended up choking. Mark Richards got through to the final. He had to win the final, and that was the first of Mark Richards' multiple yeah, world won f- titles. Won four in a row, 79 through to 82. Yeah. That's right. And uh, if you have a look at the, the runners up there, you'll see Shane Horan continually choked every year in Hawaii mm. in the big surf. Uh, he kind of got some respect back later in the 80s when he won the, the Smirnoff at, uh, at Big Sunset Beach. But anyway, the second, nice. choke, the second choke is Don Bradman in his final innings. <laughs> That's a very he good point, to, uh, All he had to do was score, I think, four or four five runs. runs. To average 100. Yep. Don't I can't remember the name of the bowler. He was a pedestrian, slow to medium, part-time bowler. Um, he wasn't. It wasn't like a Larwood or anyone like that. Um, he walked out there. Apparently, had tears in his eyes and got bowled for a duck. That's so right. Ninety-nine point nine four. It is. That's right. And lastly, I think just quickly, I think Greg Norman cops a pretty bad rap. He won two majors. Right, he won the British Open twice. 
um, in the tennis world, Leighton Hewitt won the two majors and, uh, and, and lost a lot of finals, lost the Australian Open, but doesn't cop the same sort of grief as Greg Norman does. So I think, I think Greg cops a lot of, I don't know why, but he's still one. He's still a two-time major winner. I just think, Cheers, well, mate. well, thank you, Mark. Appreciate the call. I think it's because he was in winning positions so often, and five shots up going in, six shots up going into the last round of a golf tournament is a pretty big lead. We don't see players lose from there too often. I don't think Leighton Hewitt was ever, you know, two sets to love up in a, in one of his Grand Slam finals and loss. So I think that that is the difference, but. Still, as you say, to win two majors is huge. But given how long he spent at world number one and how many times he was in the top three in majors, I think we all feel he, he definitely left a, a couple out there. Eric Hollies was the name of the bowler. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Took over 2,000 wickets uh, at county level, but didn't play many test matches for England. But he is the man that rolled Sir Donald Bradman for a duck. Let's get to Evan in Selby. G'day, Evan. G'day, mate. My nomination is the uh, the All Blacks in the Rugby World Cup semi-final in 1999. They had one of the greatest teams of uh, ever to take the field in rugby that year and um, coughed up a 14-point half-time lead and uh, got beaten by 12 points, I think it was, by France. And then we rolled them in the final. Correct. The days when the Wallabies were good. <laughs> yeah, some time ago. God, so you're, are you a big rugby fan, Evan? Yeah, don't mind it at all. Yeah. Yeah, God, they were, they, were, they were arguably our biggest sporting team back then, weren't they? Through the 90s and the early 2000s, everyone used to watch the Wallabies, whether you're a rugby fan or not. Hasn't, haven't times changed? They certainly have. They have. Uh, Evan, thanks for the call. Very good nomination. Let's get to uh, Ziggy over in Albany, WA. Hey, Ziggy. G'day, mate. How you doing? Good. Good. Thanks for your I call. Just, what do you got for us? I'm just bringing up to say that la- the second last caller... Um, Shane Aran didn't really choke. He's, uh, Mark Richards was just too good for him on, in those years, that's all. He was brilliant, you know, and <clears throat> Shane Aran still did really well and he surfed big waves and, you know, he didn't choke at all. He just got bad timing, really. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Just because you don't win doesn't mean you necessarily choke. It depends uh, what your definition of choke is. And, and normally it's sort of being in front and getting run down in a match or you know, horrendous goal kicking, for example. Uh, thanks for your call, Ziggy. And, and speaking of that, uh, the 1998 grand final has come through pretty strongly, and and so it should. So a quarter time, North Melbourne led 4-4 to 3-2 against Adelaide, so eight points in front. Second quarter, one goal 11, North Melbourne, to one goal one. So led by 24 points at half time. Should have been a lot more. Second half, they kick two goals seven to Adelaide, 11 goals and get rolled comfortably. So that was a big choke by North Melbourne. Let's get another breakaway. Got a couple of callers waiting on the line. We'll get to you on the other side as we reminisce the 1999 World Cup semi-final between Australia and South Africa and talk about some of the greatest sporting chokes. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to the show. We're talking the 99 World Cup semi-final Australia v South Africa. The two teams will go tonight for a spot in the 2023 World Cup final to face India. It's just morphed itself beautifully into a great sporting choke. Scott from Glen Iris has got one for us. Okay, Scott. Yeah, g'day. Uh, has anyone mentioned uh, what happened at Waverley Park in 99? Very good. Yes. Yes. Go on. Refresh my memory. 
I don't really want to refresh your memory because so it's you're not a great a, you're memory. A Saints man. Me a, you're a Saints man. You're a man. But, but yeah, um, at the uh, I think uh, Stuart Lowe gold at the 11-minute mark of the second quarter. And at that point, the Saints were 11-4-70 to Hawthorne's 1-1-7. And from 63 points in front, we somehow lost the game by 13 points. And that was about the end for the Wisp, wasn't it? It all sort of went back downhill yeah, for Tim. Because I think, you, I, from memory, you started that season really well, 99. He did. Yeah, both 98 and 99, we were, uh, we were flying uh, halfway through the year, but we sort of unraveled uh, in the latter half of the season. I think it was the greatest comeback until a couple of years later, as uh, someone points out here. The Bombers 69 points down in the second quarter against North Melbourne, came back to win by 12 points. What a game that was, 171 to 159. Thanks for your call, Scott. Another one. 99. It is the year of sporting chokes. Uh, let's get to Nick in Malvern. G'day, Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? How's it going? Good, thanks. I'm just in the car with um, my colleague, Matt, here, um, who makes us call into the midday madness every time for the first delivery. Okay, um, yeah. And today I got uh, the Miracle on Ice for you in the 1980 Winter Olympics. Very good. And the U.S. upset the four-time defending champion uh, gold medalist ussr yeah that was a joke medal. yep like it yeah like it nick thanks for the nomination appreciate it uh, let's get to mark in canberra g'day mark how are you mate good how are you um very good uh, i promise never to, uh, to ask that question i'm sorry um, that's all right anyway, uh, <laughs> this just goes back to the um the tasmanian football league in 1973 and hobart beat uh, sandy bay by uh, 20 odd points in the grand final now the point about that is that Sandy Bay were undefeated um, the whole season. They won 20 games straight. Um, Hobart won seven out of 18 to get into the final. And the Sandy Bay Football Club legend has... I mean, I, was, I grew up at Hobart and I went to this game. But the story has it that they'd already, the Sandy Bay had already got the champagne on ice for the grand final presentation at um, Red Point Casino on the Saturday night, that night. And I suppose they still drink the champagne, but for a different reason to drown their sorrows. Yeah, so it was one, I mean, as a Hobart supporter, I was 13 years old as a Hobart supporter, went along with my father, and it was it was a miracle. It was an absolute miracle. Yeah, and, that, uh, yep. Yeah, that certainly counts. If you're undefeated all season and don't take it home, uh, that, that hurts. Uh, thanks for your call, Mark. Uh, I love that one. Uh, memories from... Uh, down in Tassie. Now, I've got just a few off the 40 Wings temper before we get to the news. This is a different one. This is a costly one. I don't know where it fits, but uh, I guess it's falling asleep. Ordered the mundane green fight on Foxtel. So that cost you money. I fell asleep and missed the fight, says David from Geelong. Stars v Renegades 2019 BBL finals come through. Renegades 5 for 65. Batted at first, ended up posting 5 for 145. In reply, the Stars 1 for 93, 12th over, then collapsed 7 for 132. Losing by 13 runs. This one hurts from Tony, my 87-year-old dad. A lifelong Blues fan. Went home at halftime at the 1970 Grand Final. Thanks for all your nominations. We might have some time for some calls a little bit later. But after the 1 o'clock news, Dylan Stevens from the Kangas.